And a very good day to you. This is Pastor Mark with Touch of God. And we continue the series, Your Identity in Christ. Now, some of you may be wondering, is it yet another program on your identity in Christ? Well, realize, uh, brethren, that this was the Apostle Paul's main message of the vast majority of his ministry. And so it's very important that we understand that there is plenty to talk about. And there's much to talk about with the big revelation of who we now are in Christ as a believer. It is not simply you get to heaven if you receive Jesus as your Savior and your Lord. It is who you are already on this earth as a son or daughter of the Most High God. And uh, we are so... uh, We need to get our minds around this, get our minds renewed. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, understanding the truth from the Word of God about who we are. And what we, because of who we are, what that means and what we can do. We can do the same works and greater uh, than Jesus. Uh, and Jesus even was the one that even said that we would be doing that. And so uh, in Ephesians chapter 1 last week, we were going through uh, verses uh, 4 and we ended at around uh, 20. And so we're just going to continue on. And I encourage you, brothers and sisters of the Lord, that uh, you continue to meditate and study the scriptures that we talk about on this program. And indeed, any other program that you listen to, that you're understanding the truth of the Word of God. It's been important that you go and research them in between uh, programs, in between the days in the week that we're not on the air on this radio station. So if we look in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20, it says, uh, it talks about the Father, that he worked in uh, the power, his great might, uh, verse 20, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. So we believe that the Father raised Jesus from the dead with that amazing demonstration of power by the Holy Spirit. And verse 21 is uh, also significant because it is the precursor. It is the it is what has to happen first in order for what to happen to us to come about. Verse 21 says, Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. So he seated Jesus. The Father has seated Jesus next to him at his right hand, at his right-hand side, and he's, uh, he's seated. And obviously when someone sits down, they have accomplished something. And remember, at the cross, Jesus said, It is finished. So, but we, but Hebrews chapter 2, verse 8, uh, if you read that verse, it talks about uh, we do not yet see these things subjected unto him. So, while the, the works of Jesus, the works of Christ were finished at the cross, uh, the, we are, our sins were paid for, and just before Jesus went to the cross, he went to the whipping post, and at the whipping post, our healing was paid for. Now, as believers, with Christ living in us, 
we need to go about doing greater uh, works and the same, same and greater works as Jesus. So that would mean a repeat of Acts chapter 10, verse 38. And we're going about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil, for God is with us. Jesus, the Father, the Holy Spirit dwells within our temple. And we've been talking about this over the last few weeks, that we have all the power we will ever need living within us. Power doesn't come down from heaven like we might have understood when we first became born again or uh, when we when we first came to church and tried to understand the things of the Lord. Power doesn't come down. Power is within you. Remember, the Holy Spirit came down from heaven after Jesus ascended. And that was the reason that Jesus said, I, I have to ascend so that I can send you the comforter. So we would not have the Holy Spirit today on the earth, living in us, living in all believers, if Jesus had never ascended. The Holy Spirit would still be in heaven. So we can do all these things, but let's see why that is a little further here as we go through Ephesians chapter 1 and chapter 2. And uh, verse 22, it says, And he put all things under his feet. So there's lots of he and his here, which can become confusing. Well, this, this part of the chapter, it's talking about what the Father has done to the Son. He has raised him up. He's placed him at his right hand. So verse 22 would mean, And he, the Father, put all things under his, the Son, Jesus' feet, and gave him, Jesus, as head over all things to the church. See, Jesus could not have become head over all things to the church if he had not been given that from someone. And who did that, who did that someone, who had that ability? Well, it wasn't the devil, Satan. It was the Father, uh, the great Jehovah. So, and he put all things under his feet, verse 22, and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is, which is his body, verse 23, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And remember, the church here, and the name church, was for so many years we get tangled up and say, oh, we're going to church, we're going to that church building. And it's, it's common language for, for a lot of people. But we really have to understand that we, the body of Christ, the, the Christ's body is the church. The church consists of not bricks and mortar and wood and straw and hay. and uh, It consists of the body of Christ, which is made up of different parts. Uh, but it is all God's children, God's sons and daughters, growing up, growing up and looking more like Christ every day. And that is the hope that the Lord has for us, that we do focus on being homely, holy and blameless and, and reading the word, understanding God's nature and becoming more like him, going about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil, for God is with you. God is with us. We have no reason to be concerned if, if our creator is with us. If God be for us, who can be against us? 
So today, my brother and my sister listening, God is for you. Whoever says that they are against you in the streets, in your home, it really doesn't matter. If God is for you, no one can really be against you. It doesn't matter. God cancels out those other things. Now, I'm not saying that those things are not causing you uh, problems, perhaps, in your life, but, but when you understand that you are seated in heavenly places, and we'll get to that in just a second in chapter 2, in Christ, seated next to the Father on the right-hand side, positionally, you are far above all these problems. And if you are positionally above them, if you truly are above them, and you're looking down from heaven, but you're also here, understand that you are above all evil. You're above all strife. You're above all problems, poverty, and all those situations, unless you believe you are not, unless you believe that there's always a great cloud over you, unless you believe that there is poverty that is keeping you in chains. And you may look at your bank account, you may look at in your pocket and you don't see much change, you don't see any money left, and you're wondering, how am I going to feed my children? And you say, Pastor on the radio, how can you tell me this when I know different in my pocket? Well, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. I speak that over you today. So no matter what it looks like in your pockets, we go by faith and not by sight, the Bible says. And when we believe that our Father is our sole provider, our Heavenly Father, and when we when we know who we are in Christ and we do not believe that we're in poverty, we do not believe that we have lack, then you shall see a change because things that you believe in by faith materialize in the natural. And you cannot explain how it happens and you say, wow, that must have been a miracle. This is a miracle. Where did that... uh, Where did that money come from? Where did this Kenyan money come from? I never knew I had this money. I I don't know what, what told me to go look under the bed today, but I found all this money. And, and brethren, this happened to my wife and I the day we had to move from our previous apartment. We never knew there was money underneath the mattress. We don't remember putting it there. But the very day we were moving... The movers told us, well, our credit card machine has broken. Do you have any cash? And we said, yes, we have cash. And we only had it literally 10 minutes before. Well, we only knew we had it 10 minutes before they knocked on the door asking for the money. But God knew we actually had it way before that. We don't know where the money, how the money got there. We don't remember putting it there. No one else had used the room. It was our home. But when you do God's will, when you take care of people, when you love on others, when you do Jesus' two great commandments, to love the Lord thy God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, what you're doing is you're going about your father's business. And Jesus was always telling people, I'm going about my father's business. 
So when you take care of your Heavenly Father's business in Christ, going about, doing good, healing all who are oppressed of the devil, for God is with you, uh, forgiving what little you have left, and and this is not a this is not a pull for money on the radio. We don't we don't ask for that. But if you are if you give to someone in the street, God recognizes that. God recognizes, He acknowledges that. But you are walking as a son or daughter of the Most High God, and there are spiritual laws that are invisible to you that you cannot see with your naked eyes. But what happens is when you give, you shall receive, the Bible says. So there, uh, just like there is a spiritual law called sowing and reaping, and sowing and reaping in the Bible, it shall not pass away for a long time until the earth passes away. And, and so when, and, and the law of sowing and reaping applies to everyone, not just believers, but the, also the yet-to-be uh, believers as well. And, but the important thing about sowing and reaping is while if you give to someone, you shall receive. Remember, sowing is sowing a seed. And we sometimes say, when am I going to see a return on my sowing? When am I going to reap? And sometimes it takes a long time. Well, some harvests take a long time for the crop to, to produce. But you will see a reap of the sowing that you put in. And the thing about sowing and reaping is it can be good and it can be bad. If you sow bad, you may likely reap bad. But remember that God, the Bible says that God shall work all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So remember, if you are born again, it will be unusual for you to sow something bad or, or, or swear to someone or steal from someone because it's really not your nature anymore. That was your old nature that died. Your new nature is the nature of the Lord, that you're coming more into acting like Jesus, being like Jesus. So it's unusual if you were to sow bad. But if you do, even if you reap bad circumstances from the sowing, God is there to bring you through it. And you, we all learn from lessons. We, we get better, we improve. And if we have sinned against someone, like we said in recent weeks, we have to go to the Lord immediately and repent and say, sorry, we, Lord, please forgive me. And go back to that person. If you have uh, done something wrong to a person, immediately ask for their forgiveness. And even if they say no, the act of you going with that good heart that you have to want to uh, ask for their forgiveness God acknowledges that. So where you talk about, I'm in poverty, I, I'm going, it's whatever you believe. So if you believe that you are in poverty and you will never get above, you will never get out of the ditch, you will never get out of um, the side of the road, you will never have a nice home, it, then, then you will have whatever you believe, according to Mark eleven, twenty-three and 24, because that is what you believe, and you're not doubting at all that that is what will happen. So it's a it's a very important that you understand this concept that you have to read the Word to see what God has done for you, to see that there's no need to worry. I would the the topic here has taken an interesting turn. 
Um, and it may well be because the Holy Spirit is knowing, it knows who's going to be listening to this program, and maybe uh, I can help guide, and the Holy Spirit can help you by by having me read out some scriptures. Um, Matthew chapter 6 uh, talks about uh, worry and anxiety. And so for 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 next week i would i would like you to to really read uh, for those of you particularly who are concerned about anxiety and worrying about things or what's going to happen tomorrow um i would encourage you and would imp- implore you to read matthew chapter 6 verses 25 to 34 and um it goes, uh, and we will come back to to Ephesians two because obviously there's a reason that we're going down this path today, and we have to be. I have to be obedient to the Lord, uh, in case that this will help you. Uh, verse twenty five. Uh, now in Matthew six, this is Jesus speaking, and he says in verse twenty five. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Now first of all. If Jesus says, do not be anxious about your life, and you say to yourself, well, that's, that's absolutely impossible. There's always something to worry about. I understand why you say that, brother and sister. But if Jesus says, do not be anxious about your life, if God says something in his word, if his own word says something, and it is not possible to do, then that's not correct. Um so whatever is in the Word of God either occurred or shall occur or is possible. So it is possible. When Jesus says, do not be anxious about your life, it must be possible for us not to be anxious about our lives. Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't speak it because it would be unattainable. And God cannot speak what is not possible for us to uh, believe in and abide by. Amen. God is not a God like where he's trying to play a game and he's, he's throwing out something and we're not able to do it. So Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. Verse 26, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. So that's something. Think about that for just a moment. The birds of the air, they fly around, they they make nests, they sit in the trees, uh, they they gather food for their their young uh, younglings. Um, but they they do not sow, they do not reap, and they don't gather into barns. They God feeds them even though they never sow. Okay. That why why does Father feed them? Because he he created from those birds through his son Jesus. And why would God create something and not provide for them? That would be a God who wants to kill. And and the Father, uh, God is a God of the living and not the dead, according to Jesus. God is a God of the living and not the dead. So God doesn't create things to kill them. It's just it's just pointless, and it's not God's nature. So He provides. God wants to provide for you, and 
All we have to do is believe that he does. Do not believe the lies of the devil that says that we're always going to be in poverty and always going to be broke and no money and no house or whatever, no car, no job. No, do, do, just believe that the Lord your God shall provide all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And if you're a believer today, you're in Christ and you have received all uh, every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. So look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? You see, we are more value to God than the birds are to God. Because remember, he didn't say to the birds, you are seated uh, next to me in my right hand, in, in my son, Jesus, you're not in, birds never get to be in Christ. Ne, birds are not born again. They are God's creation that he loves and he takes care of and he feeds. But we are, uh, we are God's chosen. We are his chosen species. We are his chosen sons and daughters. And we have much to be thankful to the Lord that we didn't get created as an ant or a bird or a horse or something else, that we're his sons and daughters and we are, we have a role to do. We have a job to do on this earth and we need to go about doing our Father's business, our Heavenly Father's business. Verse 27 in Matthew 6, let's continue. And which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? By you worrying, by me worrying, I used to be a worrier for many, many, many years, my whole life. I'm 48 now. But much of the first 38, 39, 40 years of my life, I was just constantly worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen about this thing. And um, it was just gripping me, and I never had peace, never had joy. And, you know, now and again, the... A thought will come up in my head. Well, what if this doesn't happen? And immediately I have to, I have to capture that thought. I have to take that thought captive in obedience to Christ. And admittedly, it's not automatic, but it needs to become automatic in us. Amen. We need to get into a habit of checking our thoughts because what becomes, what starts as a thought, if we agree with it, um, it it could either be a thought that lines up with the the will of God. Or it's it's not. And if we agree with a thought that does not line up with God's word, then it is a it is a thought from the enemy, most likely trying to get us to not walk in the things of the Lord and every spiritual blessing and all the provision and all those things. Because if we can believe that we will never have any money, then, Lord, uh, uh, brother and sister. You may likely not ever have that because that's what you believe that you shall have. And if you're not doubting in that, that means that you shall probably have what you believe you will have, which is nothing. So you have to change your way of thinking and change it and study this because this is this is uh, one of the greatest tools um, uh, about the word. It is the power of the spoken word of God when you decree and declare over things. That's why earlier on I said, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. That's not just me making up some words that sound good. That's a verse out of the Bible. 
and when I speak God's word, it is sharper than a two-edged sword, and it will and it will not return void to the Father, okay? And it will accomplish. It sets angels to flight when the God's God's word is spoken over a situation or an individual or and so on. So I encourage you today to understand the promises of God. Do a study in the word of God. Understand that God is for you, not against you. He is your provider. He's your Jehovah Jireh. Amen. And we're going to continue on um, next week as the Holy Spirit leads us. I cannot say for certain what we will be talking about, but it will be most likely this same topic of getting out of worry, getting out of anxiety, but in relation to who we are in Christ, our identity, and why, because we are who we are now in Christ, there is no need to worry, because we are a brand new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are new, and all things are of God, according to the Word of God. So uh, I let me pray over you today. Father, I thank you for these precious souls that are listening in today. Uh, Lord, I ask, Lord, that uh, you reveal to them where in their life they are worrying about things that are that's not necessary to worry. It's not necessary for, for them to be anxious about anything. But in prayer and supplication, they are to make known all their needs to you. And I thank you, Lord, today that you hear them. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. You hear their cries, you hear their wants, and you're saying to them, be encouraged. I am your provider. Just believe in me and not in what everybody else says that you will have lack. But believe in me that you, that I will provide for you, that you will have all the needs met. Just continue to believe in me. Believe in me. Trust in me. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. So lean in God's understanding. And that means reading the Word of God, understanding what God understands, believing that no matter what it looks like or what it sounds like, that is the truth. And you're, the reality in your life, the facts in your life, will line up, will begin to line up with the Word of God. And you will no longer lack. You will no longer be without. Once you change your thinking and change the way you speak. Amen. We are on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash touch of God radio, or you can just search for touch of God radio in Facebook. Our website is at touchofgodradio.org. And uh, if you would like prayer, please email us, email us at touchofgodradio at gmail.com, touchofgodradio at gmail.com. And until next week, have a blessed week and God bless you. Amen.